ball dance So we out living life in the night Pray to God, man, I hope I don't die And you wait for a So we Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck, and I will be your hostess with the mostest. And I am not muted, and Sonia is not here, and so I feel a little off today. Hello, welcome to the show. It's good to see you, Heather in the artist. Hello, how are you? And Mimi Collins and Christy Frost and Lily's Flowers and the Criminal Element and Christy Frost again and Amy Lewis. You guys, welcome to the show, and a very happy Tuesday to all of you. Welcome to the Nooner. It's good to see you. I feel like I haven't been live in forever, probably because I haven't been live in forever. We had state basketball this weekend, so we were gone all weekend. I couldn't even really post content. I wasn't really mad about it either just because I don't know. I think, I feel like you need to take breaks for some of this. Like I watched things. I have certain notifications turned on so that I can make sure I catch anything that's important. Like the bank drops that happened over the weekend or the end of last week. Um, but I really just kind of stayed out of social media and, and focused on my kids. They ended up going two for two that, and they did not get into the championship. So, but they had a great season. It was a lot of fun. We look forward to doing it again. And then starting again with soccer and then baseball starts next month. And this is just going to go on and on and on because that's the way it is when you have kids. JJ Collins, what's up? Welcome to the live. And Jerry Weatherfield and Alex King. Today, you guys, we're going to talk about the bank collapse. So Silicon Bank collapse happened at the end of last week. So I think it was Friday. So on Friday, financial regulators announced that they were taking control of Silicon Valley Bank, signaling the largest bank collapse since the global financial crisis of 2008. Obama's 2008. I would just like to add before we watch the videos of them blaming Trump. Anyway, California regulators closed the bank and put the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation in charge of its assets. SVP or SVB was the victim of a good old-fashioned bank run set off by a series of bad decisions last year and bad communications about those decisions. Now, this way, this was, to put it mildly, a big deal for the financial sector. As of last year, SVB, which has been around since about the early 1980s, was the country's 16th largest lender. They were big into like their concentrated tech. Uh, the vast majority of their funds were uninsured, putting companies like Roku and Etsy in a very vulnerable position. I didn't know that Etsy had their financial dealings through this bank too until yesterday when I was looking this up. Freedom Fighter, thank you so much for the super sticker. You guys, thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. Thank you for helping us keep the lights on. For those of you guys who are watching us on Rumble, hello. Thank you for being here. I love your faces. And for those who are listening after the fact on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your support. Um, on Sunday, New York-based Signature Bank then abruptly closed its doors after a very similar run to the deposits that happened on Friday. And so this was almost like a snowball effect. There was that, and then a couple other little banks did it too. Um, Sunday, the Biden administration said that SVB or Silicon Valley Bank and signature customers will be made whole even if their accounts exceed $250,000, which from what I understand, if you are covered up to $250,000 on like bank insurance. I've never ever made a deposit of $250,000 in one shot. So I wouldn't know a lot about that. I'm not that kind of person. I don't really run a small business. I don't make that much on YouTube. Um, but that was what was covered under federal law. But there's a lot of uncertainty about how Silicon Valley Bank's collapse should affect the rest of the, the economy and also how the government's intervention will be received by the public, which is a bailout. They can call it whatever they want. It's a bailout. They're, they're going to have to bail them out. The Biden administration has underscored that this isn't a bailout. 
Okay, but it's not clear if that's how the Americans, the American citizens will see it. So I have the video. So this all happened. And then Biden, he scheduled himself to go to California, which was interesting, you know, because he couldn't make it to Ohio, but whatever. He got out of first right in the morning plane to go to, to California to try and get this figured out. But before he did, he decided to come out and make a speech. And I want you to watch the speech and then we're going to. I want to talk about the speech and obviously what he had to say, but I just watch the speech and then tell me this doesn't look fake as fuck. Okay. Just, just hang with me. Before I uh, leave for California, I want to briefly speak about what's happening in Silicon Valley bank and signature bank. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. And their hardworking employees can breathe easier as well. Last week, when we learned of the problems of the banks, and the impact they could have on jobs of small businesses and banking system overall, I instructed my team to act quickly to protect these interests. They've done that. They've done that. On Friday, the government regulator in charge, the FDIC, took control of Silicon Valley Bank's assets. And over the weekend, it took control of Signature Bank's assets. Treasury Secretary Yellen and the team of banking regulators have taken action, immediate action. And here are the highlights. First, all customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured. I want to rest assured they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today. That includes small businesses across the country that bank there and need to make payroll, pay their bills and stay open for business. No losses. Will be, and I want this is an important point. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Let me repeat that. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. Because of the actions of that, because of the actions that our regulators have already taken, every American should feel confident that their deposits will be there if and when they need them. Second, the management of these banks will be fired. If the bank is taken over by FDIC, the people running the bank should not work there anymore. Third, investors in the banks will not be protected. They knowingly took a risk, and when the risk didn't pay off, investors lose their money. That's how capitalism works. And fourth, there are important questions of how these banks got into the circumstance in the first place. We must get the full accounting of what happened and why those responsible can be held accountable. In my administration, no one, in my no one is above the law. And finally, we must reduce the risks of this happening again. During the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again and to protect American jobs and small businesses. Look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured 
that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. Let me also assure you, we will not stop at this. We'll do whatever is needed. On top of all this, let's also take a look at a moment to put the situation in a broader context. We've made strong economic progress in the past two years. We've created more than 12 million new jobs, more jobs in two years than any president has ever created in a single four-year term. Unemployment is below 4 percent for 14 straight months. Take-home pay for workers is going up, especially for lower- and middle-income workers. And we've seen record numbers of people apply to start new businesses, more than 10 million of them, more than 10 million applications over the last two years starting businesses. Now we need to keep the program, this progress, going. That's what swift action that my administration over the past few years is all about, protecting depositors, protecting the banking system, protecting the economic gains we've made together for the American people. Thank you. God bless you. And may God protect our troops. See you in California. Mr. President, what do you know right now about why this happened? And can you assure Americans that there won't be a ripple effect? Do you expect other banks to fail, Mr. President? Should all depositors be protected at all banks? All right. Thank you, everybody. First of all, he didn't take any questions. None. This is the biggest bank collapse we've had. This is bigger than 2008. And this dude doesn't take any questions. He doesn't further address the American people. He just walks off stage. That's first. Okay. I don't know why anybody was surprised by that. I guess I'm not surprised by that. Secondly, William, thank you for the super sticker. I appreciate you. Thank you for helping us keep the lights on. Um, since when does a president open their own door? Now, listen, I, I saw this tweet on Twitter and that's exactly what somebody said since when. So they put this video up of him walking in and walking out. And it, the tweet had said, if a president is opening his own door, then he is not the president. And I, that, that tweet sat with me forever. Since when does that happen? So then I go back and I look, I don't, I don't find any presidents just walking without, you know, their, their, their assistant or something off to the side. Trump always had one. Obama had one. When do you just walk into a basically empty room, give a soft core statement, and then just walk out, opening your own door, and then just kind of like shuffling out? And then the little hop step that he did, man, this whole thing's fake. It's got to be fake. This can't be real. Why is this broken? I need a new mic stand. Okay. So that's what he did. He came out and he made everybody feel better. He read from his prompter. And then he put what the prompter said verbatim as a tweet on Twitter. You can go read it if you want the transcripts. But according to the editor of a financial blog called 538, they go on to state that there are a number of factors in play here. First, it is true that one proximate cause of Silicon Valley bank collapse was the Fed's decision to raise the interest rates starting last March. I know that people are, they don't know why it happened. They don't know. Um, but this, a lot of this has to do with the inflation that's been going on and, and the rise of the interest rates, according to this blog. Um, they go on to say to raise the capital they needed to make their depositors whole, Silicon Valley Bank was forced to sell off, among other things, U.S. Treasury bonds. The bond market is very sensitive to interest rate hikes, so the market price for bonds has plummeted, meaning that Silicon Valley Bank sold these at a tremendous loss. Add in the fact that Silicon Valley Bank had an unusually high number of high-risk depositors, and many were not insured by the FDIC, and you have a recipe for disaster. But obviously, to the majority of Americans, the actions of a few C-suite banking executives and federal regulators were opaque. What's more pertinent to them is the impact on the real economy, which I think everybody is really concerned about. 
And what that and that is where we have a lot of more uncertainty. Figures like President Biden have stressed that the actions to protect depositors won't amount to a bailout. But we're still in the early days of this bank's collapse and its ripple effects throughout the broader economy. The article goes on to state that this is different than in 2008. In 2008, the government moved specifically to keep banks from failing and propped them up with a treasury loan. The Biden administration has been saying that since they are still planning and firing the heads of Silicon Valley Bank, letting investors suffer the losses and not using taxpayer fund, it is not a bailout. However, Nikki Haley, who is the newly announced, one of the newly announced GOP Republicans running for president, <clears throat> the presidential nomination, was quick to push back on that. And on the left, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, so Pocahontas herself, came out and issued a statement with little skepticism that the taxpayers wouldn't be on the hook for some of the fallout. So across the board from both the GOP and the, the Democrats, everybody is thinking that that's bullshit. Basically that the, the taxpayers are gonna be picking up the bill for this in the end. It all depends on your preferred spin of things. Some have pointed out to the fact that the bank fund is aiding Silicon Valley Bank is not using taxpayer funds to argue this isn't a bailout akin to 2008. But the fact also remains that even the fund that is bankrolling the banks, this is important. So the fund that they are using to pay for this is backed by the Treasury Department. The Treasury Department, which is backed by your taxes, essentially. So your taxes and what they get on the interest rate that they use in the stock market. Again, a little out of my wheelhouse, but that's the way that I understood it. And again, I got another video that explains it a little bit better. It paints a more complicated picture than simply it's not a bailout. Now, a Fox News contributor had come on yesterday and had explained it really well. And I'm going to play that video for you right now. Maybe. Yeah, right now. Here we go. In now. HSBC actually acquired the UK assets, uh, the British act, uh, assets of Silicon Valley Bank. But for the Silicon Valley Bank, uh, emergency measures were used. And we are talking about that this morning. That was the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, joining me yesterday on Sunday Morning Futures, reacting to the country's second largest bank failure in Silicon Valley Bank. Joining me right now is the Bear Traps Report founder, New York Times bestselling author, Larry McDonald. And Larry, it's great to have you this morning. Thank Thanks very much for being here. I want to get your take on these emergency measures. Uh, how do you see things? Well, first, let's back up a second. We, when you suppress the cost of capital for longer and longer and longer periods of time, you enable, you incentivize bad behavior. And, you know, as, as you know, I wrote the book on Lehman Brothers. It was a New York Times bestseller. And what I saw it's inside of Lehman and what we've just learned over the weekend as to what the way this bank was managing itself, it's just, it's blood curdling, irresponsibility, and the Fed enabled it. And then when they juiced rates up higher, they essentially just blowing up these bad actors. So they're claiming that this is not a bailout, Larry, because the uh, bondholders and the stockholders are wiped out. Taxpayers are not paying for this. This is money from the fund, the, the fund which banks pay into. What about these emergency, uh, the, these emergency responses? Is this like another, uh, a, another introduction or form of quantitative easing, Larry, because it feels like that's where the conversation on Wall Street is going now, that we just Absolutely. saw a second yeah. major bank failure, and now the Fed is not going to be able to raise rates the way a lot of people thought. Assess this response from regulators. 
Well, they're socializing the losses. So they suppress the cost of capital, they incentivize bad actors, and now they're socializing the losses. Because at the end of the day, the Fed is backstopping this, and essentially QT, which they promised us would be $90 billion a month, essentially is over. Because this is the Federal Reserve using its balance sheet to socialize the losses and provide liquidity to potentially lots of banks. There are a number of banks this morning that are down 50, 60 percent. So this has got a knock-on effect. They've basically used a Band-Aid, but it's it's clearly a risk to the taxpayer because at the end of the day, the, the taxpayer backs up the Federal Reserve. So, Larry, you see this as a bailout? 100 um, percent. Well, just look at look at the COVID crisis. It was a $10 trillion fiscal and monetary response. OK. And the Lehman crisis was only two and a half trillion. And now we're going into another round of bailouts, socializing the losses with the Fed balance sheet. Right. And so your hard assets are going to be an incredible place to invest because the dollar's weakening globally as the U.S. is moving toward recession. This this uncertainty and these bank runs nearly guarantee a, a deep recession. And then the Fed, and then eventually the, the taxpayer is going to have to come up with more when they do a, a real uh, fiscal bailout. Right now we're in the uh, monetary bailout. Larry, you made a lot of news the other day when you joined me last week. You said that this, based on what your research is telling you and based on your calls with various institutions, that stocks, would you use this word, crash within 60 days. Ever since you said that, Larry, this market has been underwater. We're talking about declines of between 3 and 3.5% 3 since you made that call. How much worse does it, does it get, Larry? Well, we were on the program last week, and all I was pointing out to is that when you look at the, the yield curve of the two's tens, and, and that's just looking at where the two-year Treasury is versus the 10-year, that was ominous. But then the, the performance of the regional banks, the underperformance has been spectacular. It's been growing, 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 growing weaker. And when you have this kind of uh, dislocation where the banks are in trouble on a regional basis, it just leads to much bigger problems. And then... You know, we're not even talking about auto loans and commercial real estate. So so it's going to be a really bad, uh, kind of like an SNL 1980s type crisis. The market probably drops 20 to 30 percent from here, because at the end of the day, Maria, we're trading at 19 times earnings. And we have banks, we have like literally four banks that have blown up in the last week. We've got one more on the way uh, probably today or tomorrow. Okay, and I saw your tweet over the weekend about those regionals. You said that you shared this with your client, that all the signs were there. The regional banks were underperforming the S&P 500 by 19 percent year over year today versus 9 percent nine days ago. So you're saying that indicator alone would have had you be selling regional banks weeks ago? Yes, and we have our, we have our index. Uh, we've got our 21 Lehman Systemic Risk Indicators. And there's a number of things that have been deteriorating in terms of interbank trust, uh, credit spreads on, on, on commercial real estate. I mean, it's just so many things that have been deteriorating, um, auto loans. So all the bank assets are in trouble. And the, the problem is the highest quality assets, right? Um, so not all the bank assets. What I mean is, you know, your, your auto loans, your commercial real estate, there's a lot of things that are in trouble on bank balance sheets. But your highest quality assets your treasuries and your mortgage-backed securities just got 
really lit up in flames by the Federal Reserve hiking rates 100, you know, 500 basis points inside of 14 months. And remember, when you have these, these guests on the air, right, they've been claiming that, okay, soft landing, no landing, and they're basically selling us, this is Wall Street strategists, that you can just hike 500 basis points in 14 months and there's no, there's a price to pay for that. I mean, this is not free because when you raise interest rates that fast, you essentially light the high quality assets of these banks on fire. All right, we will leave it there. Larry, you just said there. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> this is how I'm talking. I'm live on TikTok. I'm talking to them too. So Jennifer Wazowski says the irony is that Jim Cramer recommended purchasing stock through Sweet. It wasn't just Silicon Valley Bank. He did the other one too. The other one that went down. I can't remember the name of it now. He did both. He was like the sponsor for both of the banks that crashed over the weekend. And he's out here like, look, it's not the bank's fault. And don't go run to the bank. Like, we're not going to take financial advice from you anymore, Jim Cramer. What the frick? What the frick? But that was one of the best explanations that I could find was from that guy as to what happened and what you can kind of expect. Um, and that was done. I think that was done on Friday, too. It was interesting about Kramer. So a lot of people are talking about how this was going to, and this is kind of my wheelhouse again. So Jenna 2030, somebody brought it up. A lot of people are talking about how this is going to usher in uh, the, 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 the digital currency, right? The one world bank, the one, you know, the credit score, the chip in your hand. You guys have seen the movies and the videos where you've got this credit score and they can shut your bank account off with one click of the, the mouse. Um, and I kind of tended to, I'm going to have to hold this. I kind of tended to, yeah, maybe, you know, I never really got big into that one because I wasn't sure like that would take a whole thing. Then I found this video in this interview with Christy Noam this morning. So Heather's flowers. I want to say you posted this to TikTok, Lily's flowers. And I just happened to catch it as I was getting ready for this live. And I was like, holy shit, like we're rolling this out this year. We're just not even going to say anything. I didn't even like, I'm surprised I didn't know anything about it. I didn't catch anything. I have that whole interview right here. So this is Christy Noam and Tucker Carlson. Again, yes, it's Fox News, but the information is good. Don't shoot the messenger. Just listen to the information. Legislation was introduced to South Dakota to change over to this like one world banking, like one order banking system. But she happened to catch the wording of it and understood what it was actually saying. And she vetoed it. And that's have that right. Valley here. Bank has a lot of Americans concerned about how to protect their money. And of course, politicians are using that concern to their advantage as always. Several states are now trying to centralize currency with these so-called central bank digital currency, which is, by the way, not currency at all. It's software. But they're going to do it for your own good. Obviously, this is a tool of total social control. If they control your money, if they can zero out your bank account with a keystroke, then you have no autonomy. They control you. Well, in the state of South Dakota, legislators just passed a bill that would have changed the definition of money to exclude cryptocurrency, and that would put the state on a path to centralized digital currency. South Dakota's governor, Kristi Noem, the only governor we're aware of who's paying attention to this, vetoed that bill. She joins us tonight to explain why. Governor, thank you very much for doing this first mm -hmm. and for coming on. Um, why did you do it? You're obviously under pressure not to veto it, but you did. Why <laughs> did you? Well, Tucker, it was the right thing to do. I became aware of this bill. It wasn't introduced until almost halfway through our legislative session. We started reading through this bill that was over 110 pages long. It was sold as an update to the guidelines of the Universal Commercial Code, backed by all of our financial institutions, our banks. As we started reading through it, we saw the 
section of the bill that changed the definition of currency. And essentially what it did was pave the way for a government-led uh, CBDC, and it also banned any other form of cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or digital currency that existed. So for me, it very clearly was a threat to our freedom. Uh, in South Dakota, we are the session that completes its business earliest in the year. We are the first ones to really look at this bill and find out the truth of what's in it. Uh, and I did veto that bill. I'm asking my legislators to change their minds, uh, to make the right decision and help me kill this bill once and for all. But I'm telling you, Tucker, we've got the same language coming to over 20 other states. I believe it's to pave a way for the federal government to control our currency and thus control people. It should be alarming to everyone and it's being sold as a UCC guidelines update. Uh, there's no rush to do this. Uh, we need to be smart and make sure that we're doing what we can to protect people. I find it ironic that we also are having this discussion at the same time we have banks and credit card companies talking about coding gun and ammunition uh, in a separate code so they can track it. So not only can they tie these two issues together, if the government doesn't approve of what you're purchasing, if they have the only form of digital currency out there and that is endorsed and utilized in the country, they can control how you spend that money and thus take away all your freedom. It's so nicely put, and, I, and I, I don't think you're overstating at all the significance of this. Really quickly, do you think, and you want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt on their motives, but do you think that legislators in your state understand what this bill was actually designed to do? You know, I don't know if they read it, Tucker. That's what is alarming <laughs> right. to me is it was over 110 pages long, and they were told by lobbyists that they had listened to for the last 20 years that it's fine. It's just a regulation update. This is what we do is adopt federal regulations. But if you start reading it, uh, you see in there there is a redefinition of currency that it says government CBDCs are okay if they're run by the government. Uh, but any other form is then banned. Uh, it is yeah. clearly a change for how people's assets are utilized. It clearly limits the freedom of people to use other forms of currency that they may choose to if it is a digital currency. And it is clearly putting power into the hands of government. If anything we should have learned the last several years is the government can't be trusted. Uh, you know, Bill Tucker, what I was surprised by was that, you know, the bills that have made it to my desk this year, people think about South Dakota being conservative and being a very Republican state. The first bill I had to veto was a tax increase. Now this has made yeah. it to my desk. Uh, we've got other challenges as well. I, I really hope that what you've done inspires other governors. Appreciate your coming on tonight. Governor Christy Nome of South Dakota. Thank you. Subscribe to the so this sounds like it's going to go state to state. So South Dakota is the first one that gets to look at this. But eventually, this type of legislation, especially now with the Silicon, with the bank stuff, the conspiracy theorists were right. I mean, they're going to use this to try to usher in a one world bank. Um, where the hang up is going to be is if each state has the opportunity to either pass or veto it. So let's say California decides to pass it. But my state, Iowa, decides to veto it. Does that mean that my Iowa currency is no good in California? So like, if I were to travel to California, I would have to buy into some of the like, is this going to like, what does that look like? Is that a civil war amongst your monetary capabilities? I'm not sure what that looks like. And again, that's a little out of my wheelhouse with this kind of stuff. Um when have just Justin, welcome to live. It's good to see you. When have the conspiracy theorists been wrong? So far, not yet. 
I still haven't seen the aliens though. We've kind of fell off the map with that. Did we not talk about that anymore? Is that just over? Are we done with the aliens? You know that they like stopped looking for the things that they shot down, right? So we had legit unidentified aerial phenomena actually land here and we knew about it and it was on the news and they were going to go get it so that they could study it and find out what it was. But then after two days, they couldn't find it. So they just stopped looking for it. Really? I don't think that's accurate. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's what it sounds like they're going to do. And it, then again, this, this is going to hit each and every state. It does sound like, um, I don't know how that's going to work with the different states. Uh, so the states that would comply, they would get a whole new type of currency. And then the states that don't comply, would they be considered like freedom states? Like we're going to go there. Are the freedom states where Donald Trump is going to put his freedom cities? Because, you know, that's a thing now, right? Can we talk about Trump's freedom cities for just a minute? Somebody had sent this to me and then like 50 people tagged me in all kinds of videos and reached out and asked when I was going to talk about this. And I didn't know anything about it. But apparently in one of Trump's campaign videos, uh, he came out and was talking about his plans for the country should he win in 2024. And in these plans, he talks about these freedom cities, which... Sounds great, right? Sounds great. Let's watch. I think there's flying cars. Uh, let's just, let's watch. Past generations of Americans pursued big dreams and daring projects that once seemed absolutely impossible. They pushed across an unsettled continent and built new cities in the wild frontier. They transformed American life with the interstate highway system. Magnificent it was and they launched a vast network of satellites into orbit all around the Earth. But today, our country has lost its boldness. Under my leadership, we will get it back in a very big way. If you look at just three years ago, what we were doing was unthinkable, how good it was, how great it was for our country. Our objective will be a quantum leap in the American standard of living. That's what will happen. Here are just a few of the ways we can do it. Almost one-third of the landmass of the United States is owned by the federal government, with just a very, very small portion of that land, just a fraction, one-half of one percent. Would you believe that? We should hold a contest to charter up to 10 new cities and award them to the best proposals for development. In other words, we'll actually build new cities in our country again. These freedom cities will reopen the frontier, reignite American imagination, and give hundreds of thousands of young people and other people, all hardworking families, a new shot at home ownership and, in fact, the American dream. Another big opportunity is in transportation. Dozens of major companies in the United States and China are racing to develop vertical takeoff and landing vehicles for families and individuals. Just as the United States led the automotive revolution in the last century, I want to ensure that America, not China, leads this revolution in air mobility. These breakthroughs can transform commerce, bring a giant infusion of wealth into rural America, and connect families in our country in new ways. Likewise, through our Strategic National Manufacturing Initiative, which is going to be very big and very, very successful, we will turn forgotten communities into hives of industry, 
producing the goods we will no longer import from China. We will also have a major initiative on lowering the cost of living with a special focus on lowering the cost of a new car and lowering the cost to build a single-family home. And they will be beautiful homes. And I will ask Congress to support baby bonuses for young parents to help launch a new baby boom. Finally, I'll challenge the governors of all 50 states to join me in a great modernization and beautification campaign, getting rid of ugly buildings, refurbishing our parks and our public spaces, making cities and towns more livable, ensuring a pristine environment, and building towering monuments to our true American heroes. Very importantly, I will also make sure all of these new places are safe. We love and cherish our police. They will do the job the way they have to. It is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. I will dramatically increase living standards and build a future that brings our country together through excitement, opportunity, and success. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> so, this is Trump's 15-minute city. Okay. Um, we talked about the 15-minute cities in a couple lives back. You can go find it. There's a big uh, thumbnail that talks about the how the 15-minute city works. So, the 15-minute cities is basically an herbal, an herbal, and urban planning where your house, all the houses within that city is going to be within 15 minutes of walking distance. And where people got really hung up on it was when they started implementing rules. And I want to say it was in the UK uh, where they were fining people if they were driving more than their, their allotted 100 miles a year or whatever, or 100 times a year. Uh, that's where it gets kind of so now we've got the freedom cities, which I don't have the same rules. So I'm going to put that out there. Okay. Uh, but there's a couple things. The federal land uh, comment that he makes, right? He's talking about how there's the federal, there's federal land all over the place and we all own it and we can build these freedom cities on federal land. Do you remember when the Ohio train crash happened? And that's what was going around then when people were talking about the toxic uh, ground and the toxic land is able to be purchased by the federal government and used in ways I want to say to push the 15 minute city. That's what people were saying. And now Trump is coming out here and saying that we can also use federal land to build these freedom cities. Um, so I got to ask you the question, right? I, I put this TikTok out before talking about how we weren't the target. <clears throat> Would you live in one of Trump's freedom cities, even if it was a 15 minute city? This is where my forever Trumpers are, are going to have to really start to, to question themselves. Not, not yourself, but question maybe kind of your blind faith, right? They still work for us. And if there's something that they're doing that you don't like, you can still, you know, um, and my never Trumpers is the same thing. My never Trumpers who all want to live in 15 minute cities. Uh, there's some real issues with 15 minute cities that constitute some, some argument. Um, the second thing that I wanted to bring up about the, this was the baby boom that he's talking about, which was an odd thing to kind of add in there. Uh, he wants to uh, give bonuses to young parents to to incentivize them to have children. How very hands made tale. Okay, this this instantly makes me feel 
So we got one side that wants to erase women and replace them with trans women. And we got the other side that wants to use women um, for baby farms. So I look, and I'm not hating on Trump. I am. I mean, if I had to vote right now, I'd probably, I'd vote for him just because I, I know my life was better when he ran the country. My shit was a lot cheaper, but I have concerns and they're legit concerns. Um, and remember when I said that we were not the target of the new world order. Remember when I said that, that I'd made this video and I'd come out and said, look, we're not the target of all of this. We feel like we're the target because we're the ones that are being censored and we're the ones that are being taken down and we're the ones that are getting our asses kicked. And we're not the ones that are allowed to get big accounts and we're the ones losing our monetization. And we're, we're the ones that are being taken down consistently. That's why it feels like it, but we're actually, we're not the target. The NWO does not want a new world order full of extremists. That's why they're, they, they are pushing for like the casual abortions, right? There's a whole rabbit hole to the abortion thing too, but they're celebrating it as women's rights, right? Casual abortions and gender confusion and sex changes for kids. All of those things ensure that people with that kind of mentality, and I'm not coming down on you, but people with that kind of mentality, that extremist mentality uh, won't procreate. They won't have children. They won't have, we will not have another generation of that. Instead of the 15 minute cities, urban cities, you're going to have Trump's freedom cities full of conspiracy theorists, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's the NW1 wants conformist period. They do, but we're not going to conform. And the people that fight for them currently aren't going to carry on. Does that make sense? The whole thing, everything seems to go around two things, kids and reproduction, like population control and reproduction. Do you ever notice that? Do you ever notice why, 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 why some people just, don't you wonder why some parents think it's okay to get their children's gender changed? Like their sex change at six and seven years old. Don't you wonder why is that even okay? Why are they making it okay? Because if you change your child's gender at that young, they're going to grow up and they're not going to be able to have more kids. They don't want a new world order full of extremists. And then when Trump came out with this, that just kind of, they want a new world order like his freedom cities. Trumpers, my Trumpers don't hate me. Oh, I just got banned on YouTube or on TikTok for hateful behavior. So they want a whole, it's interesting. I'm not past the age of baby farming, but my body sure thinks it is. Yeah, I'm not having any more babies, so I will not get to be a part of that bonus. <clears throat> I wonder why it went down because they call the pronoun people, pronoun people, and they get mad. Um, I had a lot of people in there and a lot of not friendlies were in there and that's okay. It's, he also said he would veto every bill that Biden put in place, right? So what's the trade-off? So either you get a 15 minute city like the new world order wants, or you get a Trump 15 minute city. What are you going to pick? I'm going to pick neither. I want to come and go as I please period. I don't care. Um, it's, it was a very interesting concept with the Trump 15 minute city stuff. Let's create new cities run entirely off the land. No electricity. Look, I need my electricity. Okay. I run a podcast. 
I'm a little too soft for no electricity. No, but they are all in their mass reporting and that's what they do. That's what they do. Like they're, they went after my backup pretty hard too. Um, they're going after them. Remember that lady that came out on TikTok about Jeffrey Marsh. She's got a huge account. Apparently they doxed the shit out of her, found out where her kids went, like followed her. Do you see that? I can't think of her name, but she came out against Jeffrey Marsh. She called him a predator. She only made a couple videos of him, but they fuck. They like, that's the party of unity. That's your extremists. Those are the people that you'd have to live in a 15 minute city with. Those are also the people that are not going to procreate because they don't believe in that. And they believe in casual abortions. Um, he is a predator. He absolutely is a predator. I can count on one hand how many freaking professional therapists came out and said, look, this dude is a predator. Please don't listen to him. And they're professional therapists. Like they see things. Uh, I do know we need housing for lower income families. And I, I feel like, <clears throat> again, but again, it sounds great. But if you read the 15-minute city thing, it sounds just as great. They aren't going to come out and tell you what it's really going to do, right? If you read about this 15-minute cities, it sounds beautiful. You don't have to drive. Everything that you want is within a 15-minute walk. And for somebody who went like two years without a license with a, a newborn, that sounds perfect to me. That would be a perfect thing. Do you think Trump's freedom cities aren't going to be the same? I don't know. Maybe they won't be. Maybe he'll just have his flying cars. He talks about flying cars. I really thought we'd have those by now. I mean, my expectations of being an adult as a child were way higher than this. Um, there was someone who aligned with their tour dude saying they were trans and map. Yeah, that's got to go. That shit. Um, he would put his policies back in place because they worked. That's what I'm saying. But I don't know that they're blaming Trump for all of this stuff that's happening too right now. So they blamed him for the railroad thing. They blamed him for the bankrolls. But then we found came to find out that Joe Biden had actually overturned those the first three days of his presidency. So how can you blame him if you had already fixed it? That doesn't make any sense. Um, I did not see the 15 minute cities in China, just in the UK. But Trump cities will run on gold and silver. A 15 minute city is a digital mark. So then are you just going to have a bunch of different cities? This is where I see this going, right? Because in the United States, everything gets left up to the states. The ultimate decision is, and Chris, you know, that was the perfect example. If you want to introduce digital currency, it has to be approved, but like it has to go through your state. And if your state vetoes it, then what? Then we've got freedom states and we have non-freedom states. So I can't go to like, I, I won't be able to go to California if I want to, because I can't conform to their, their currency. That's where it gets confusing. Um, criminal elements says freedom city sounds like a segregation of oppressed people in 15 minute city. Sounds like an installed operation. <laughs> I know. I know. Why can't we just be left alone? Listen, just divide it up. Give us all a farm with some goats and, and take away the federal income tax. You really want to do something? Do away with the federal income tax. That would that would do all of the things. I make almost zero money doing this every year, but I still had to pay in this year. It's bullshit. Do away with the federal income tax. <sighs> it's unconstitutional. You have to be able to move freely between states. That's what I don't get. So I don't know how this is going to work. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. It probably won't be the last time that we talk about it. Um... 
I don't know. Trump had also talked about doing like a freedom memorial, which never came to fruition either. And we'd talked about that being possibly being in South Dakota where he was going to put up all the statues of Washington and Lincoln and all them. But that never came to fruition either. I don't know. It just seems kind of odd because control, even with kids, I don't know. Goat cows and chickens. Yeah, just, just, yeah, I still had to pay in to state. We didn't have to pay in a federal. We paid in the state though because we have state taxes. But we still had to pay in. Um, I don't know. It's weird. We'll see. I don't want to get my hands made tail either. So I, I don't want women being used as basically baby factories, right? I don't want to go back to that. Uh, I also don't want them to be erased by the, the transgender community, which just took me down off TikTok. So all mini cows and jokes. Yeah, I need a mini, I need a mini cow and some goats. What do I have left? We have, I oh, I have Mitch McConnell. I don't have a video for that though, I don't think. Let me just pull it up. So Mitch McConnell was re released from the hospital, uh, finally, just this last, I think yesterday. Um, and he's headed to inpatient rehab after breaking a rib in a hotel cell. So the majority of you guys remember, so last week, Mitch McConnell fell down after his Senate dinner. Uh, apparently he just fell down and he was in, um, some, a, a hotel that used to be the Trump hotel. And it was so funny because somebody in my comments had stated, thank God it wasn't a Trump hotel, but it used to be a Trump hotel. And he fell down and apparently got a concussion and went to the hospital and was in the hospital for days. And then when he's now getting out and he had a concussion and apparently he has a few broken ribs too, which he needs outpatient therapy for, which is interesting. I've had broken ribs and concussions. I never needed outpatient therapy for any of this. Of course, I'm not 80 some years old, so it's possible uh, McConnell's office said that his doctors discovered over the weekend that he also suffered a minor rib fracture when he tripped and fell. It was the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in Washington, uh, which, again, used to be the Trump Hotel. But that's OK. Uh, leader McCarthy's concussion recovery is proceeding well, and the leader is discharged from the hospital today. McConnell spokesperson David Pop said in a statement, uh, at the advice of his physician, the next step will be a period of physical therapy at an inpatient so it's not even outpatient. It's inpatient rehabilitation facility. It sounds like he's going to a fucking nursing home. The official didn't give me any detail, additional details. Conditioners say how long McConnell will be out. Concussions can be serious and injuries taken, uh, take time to recover. Even a single incident of concussion can limit a person's ability to recover. Listen, I am old enough to remember when Mitch McConnell showed up to the Senate floor with his hands looking like they just got beat to shit. And then we went in and we did an entire episode on the mob and how they do something called the black hand ceremony. And when you step out of line, they take freaking hammers to your hands. I'm just saying somebody else said, well, he's on blood thinners. That's probably what it was. His lip was all, no, he looked like Danny Tanner got, I mean, just, and that was back in, you know, what was even more interesting when that had happened was back in 2020 when January, so he was on the Senate floor with his bruised hands talking about January 6th. And then now he had come out and made those comments about January 6th now because the footage came out. And then the next night he trips and falls and now he disappears. Every time Mitch McConnell talks about J6, it seems like he gets his ass beat. 
He was part of the, it was the same thing. He had the black eye, had a fat lip, and his hands were all beat shit. It wasn't blood thinners. He looked like he either, no, he looked like he got the shit beat out of him. Um, and then somebody had found this picture, and I don't remember who posted it. Do I have it? I don't have it in here. But of Mitch McConnell and his security detail. I wish I would have uploaded it. Did I put it in Telegram? Justin, did I put it in Telegram? I think I did. Didn't I? I did. God, I'm the shit. Okay, hold on. I'm going to show you guys something. Hold on. Just wait. Don't go anywhere. Nope, not that. Yes, this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Okay, so this was before he fell down, right? This was that day. This was when he gave that press conference, right? When he said that that Tucker Carlson's piece of shit. Okay, now who remembers the day that Hillary Clinton fainted? And who remembers her being walked through the halls of that building to the car? And this chick, I don't know if it was this exact chick, but it was a chick and she was wearing a pin and she was escorting her. And even then we said, this is, this isn't secret service. This is like, it's a fed pin. She was being guarded by the fed. Since when does the feds do security detail? They don't. I remember when that, and Lisa remembers. See, and Kimberly remembers. You guys remember? I remember that. And I'm like, I can't freaking find it now. I still have the video of her falling or being pushed into the SUV because she fainted. And then she was fine like an hour later with super contagious pneumonia and she's rubbing up on people's kids an hour later, but whatever. Mitch McConnell was in deep, like, and has been in deep for a long time. It's so, Pepperidge Farm remembers. I'm just saying. I want to say it's that same chick. I'm going to go see if I can find the photo. I want to say it's that same, it looks like the same woman that was escorting Hillary Clinton that day. Somebody else had said it was Nancy Pelosi being walked out of the building too. I didn't see that, but I remember hearing about it. So more to come. She was pushed into that car. Do we need to watch it? Do we need to watch it? I've watched this a couple times during live. We can watch it. This is probably one of my favorite conspiracy videos right here. Give me a second. Okay, hold on. Hillary Clinton also suffered a concussion apparently at one point in her life. What did that say? Oh, we'll watch it in a minute. I need to escort out of this. That was 10 years ago. Geez, these people are clumsy. They're broken feet. They're concussions. I want to watch without the commentary and the bullshit because I think that messes things up, which is one of the problems I have with the J6 footage too, by the way. I wish they would have just put it on, what do they call it? I wish they would have put it on uh, like WikiLeaks and just drop the footage and let us watch it instead of giving it to Tucker. But I digress. Here we go. Now watch. She's standing. And she sees something and then she starts to back away. She's like, I'm not getting in that car. Not getting in that car. Not getting in that motherfucking car. No, 
No. And then there, she's like, I'm not like, she's like a toddler. It's my kids used to. She overheated, but is now feeling much better. But it came out later that she had a bout of like pneumonia or something. Watch. She sees, you can tell when she sees something right there. And this, is it this lady that has the pin? Yes, it's right there. It's this lady. She has like the pin. I can't zoom in on it. Suck. Okay. Stop screen. Listen. Shut up. I don't know what that's talking about. Listen. I don't know. I don't know. doesn't make any sense though. That's what I'm going to say. And now that we have the Kennedy coming out talking about he's going to run for president in 2024, possibly. And Trump acting so stupid, pissing off half his base, right? We all know DeSantis ain't got it. What? <laughs> is Justin still in here? I need to bring him back on. This is his wheelhouse. Well, it's a U.S. Marshal pin. But the U.S. Marshal, do they do security detail? That was the big, like, contention. It should be Secret Service. Let's set it up. Just Justin, let's set it up. I'm going to have to bring him back on and let him just go ham on you guys with this. One time, I promise. And then you can go back into hiding. Like my little gopher. It was like two hours later, she was walking down the street. Yeah, well, and then she went to, they didn't take her to the freaking hospital. They took her to her daughter's house. No. And she looked different when she came out. So they took her in and then she comes out and she's like a full foot shorter and like 10, 15 pounds bigger with sunglasses on like her face. No, no. Marshall's escort to the tribunal. Maybe that's, okay, that makes more sense. They do chain of custody. Yeah, we need we need a Justin ship date. Okay, I'm going to slide into your DMs later today. I'm going to get this hooked up. Sonia's at the dentist. Um, It was her body double. She's got a lot of them too. And they all don't even look like her. One's like huge. Looks like a troll. One looks like her. And then you know what we should do is we should go live some night and re-watch Joe Biden's inauguration. Like when that all happened, just bring everybody back to that. The masks. Yes. They were like these. No, stop it. We are hiding big mics, five o'clock shadow. Okay. I'm done. We got to do it. We're going to do it. I'll get in touch with Justin probably next week. We'll hook him up with a night. Uh, bring him back on. I'll let him guys blow. I'll let him blow your fucking minds. Uh, he's also more active in my telegram. So if you want to join our telegram, it's in the about tab in this channel. Uh, and you can chat with him there. I'm not very good at posting to telegram, but him and Sonny are pretty good at it. Um, and that's it. That's where we are. I'm going to wrap this up and head upstairs and get stuff ready for dinner. Today is Tuesday. Oh my God. So tomorrow's Wednesday and I'm going to bring conservative Texan back on. Because he has some things to say about what's going on. The Ukraine stuff. Um, Joe Biden, he has stuff to say about the National Women's Day. So I'm going to bring Tex back on for a one-night special tomorrow night at 8 p.m. So make sure you guys are here for that. I already built the broadcast. It's listed below so you can set your reminders. Uh, and we're going to talk with him about everything that's going on. 
And then, yes, and maybe I'll leave the clone conversation to Justin, too. He loves those. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I'm pumped. All right, that's it. You guys, I love your faces. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. Thank you for everything. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mom I says hi and watch out for deer. Bye, guys. Back off, I'll take you on. Headstrong, you take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. You're headstrong. You're headstrong. <laughs> Back off, I'll take you on. Headstrong, you take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. You're headstrong. You're headstrong.